Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I, I shared is that I'm naturally a perfectionist, right? I know that when I put something out into the world, my name is on it. Whether it's a news story, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a blog post, whether it's a book, whatever it is, if my name goes on it, I want to make sure that it's the best representation of me. And that is great. And, you know, we should all strive for excellence. But there comes a point where we have to say, okay, this is good enough to move on. Welcome to the Live Lead Last podcast, and thank you for joining us for this episode. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we are glad you made the choice to join us. I'm Lisa Duvall, and I'm here with James, a tender-hearted son, an all-in dad, fantastic husband, and my co-host. Wow, that was new. Hey friends, we are thankful for this community. We look forward to each week for the new episode to drop and to get feedback on if and how the content is helpful. Thank you for continuing to share the podcast with your friends and family. We are approaching 2,000 downloads since we launched the show just two and a half months ago. That is a direct result of word of mouth and your influence. That is so awesome, James. Thank you, listeners. Hey, James, this last few weeks has been an emotional roller coaster for you and our family. Yeah, my dad had a stroke about three weeks ago, which was followed by a pretty aggressive open heart surgery and a series of highs and very lows. But things are starting to look very promising, and your dad is a slow and steady win the race kind of guy in his recovery. Yeah, that's true. He's a fighter for sure. But thank you for your thoughts and prayers that many of you have sent our way. Okay, today's episode features the recent conversation you had with fellow podcaster Jimmy Johnson Jr. Jimmy is a husband, journalist, entrepreneur, communicator, spiritual leader, blogger, and the host of Staying the Course podcast. Jimmy's a Southern boy, I really like that, born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana, but now calls South Florida home. Jimmy's mission is to tell stories and to help inspire, uplift, and motivate others to fulfill their God-given purpose so that they can make a difference on this earth. James, a few of the things you talk about are the idea of pursuing production, not perfection, and how your faith and your vocational calling can coexist. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. I know, listeners, you're going to enjoy this conversation, so let's jump in. Jimmy, it's great to have you on the Live Lead Last podcast. You are a fellow podcaster, and several months ago, you had me on your podcast, which I want to say I really appreciate. And at the time, Lisa and I were only in the planning phase of this podcast, but I told you then that as soon as we launched our show, I wanted to have you on with us. So here we are doing this together. James, I'm so excited to be on the Live Lead Last podcast. And uh, when you told me you were going to start a podcast, it was just, I was ecstatic because I don't know too many podcasters out there that I personally know. Um, so I'm excited about what you and Lisa have to share, especially with you guys having 20 plus years of ministry experience underneath your belt. That's unheard of in this uh, generation. So um, I know you guys have a wealth of knowledge as I shared um, when you guys aired a previous episode. And uh, I'm just excited to have this conversation with you. Well, I mean, I appreciate it. And it is kind of cool to be talking to a fellow podcaster because, you know, when you jumped into this, like while I'm learning, there's just so much to learn. And I love iron sharpening the iron. So we're going to talk a little bit about podcasting today, but we're also going to talk a little bit about your journey and leadership. Let our listeners get to know you a bit. 
introduction to each other was an interesting story. I thought it might be fun <laughs> to share with our listeners how kind of a misinterpretation of communication led to us connecting. So I thought it would be fun for you to first of all share your recollection of events and then I could clear up all the misunderstandings. So why don't you share how we met? Yeah, so um, I attended the Christ Fellowship Conference for the second year. And so if you're uh, anyone in ministry and you have an opportunity to attend this conference, it's a must-go-to conference. Uh, amazing. I went two years in a row. And so this year, um, I signed up for a session where I thought Dr. John C. Maxwell was going to be speaking at. And so I was just so excited to go to this particular session. And in fact, I wasn't even supposed to schedule my own sessions. That was supposed to be for my, my bosses to do. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Like, I got to see John C. Maxwell. <laughs> and so I get in this session. It's packed out. It is standing room only. But then it's like five minutes, 10, well, it's like 10 minutes out, five minutes till, you know, John C. Maxwell takes the stage. And then there's this skinny, handsome guy <laughs> with his hair combed over, uh, skinny jeans. And I'm like, well, that's not John C. Maxwell. <laughs> well, he looks a lot different these days. Well, in fact, it was actually uh, James Duvall. Yep. And I believe you said something along the lines of, hey, I'm not John C. Maxwell. I'm James Duvall but I still would like to be your friend. That's right. Did I, did I sum that up pretty good? Yeah. So the other side of that story is actually John Maxwell was actually speaking at the conference. And so it'd be easy to think that he might be in the breakout. But what had happened was we had to write these descriptions for each breakout. And I actually quoted John Maxwell in my description and the where <laughs> it was quoted made it sound like John Maxwell was teaching it. I didn't actually realize it until the day before conference started. My friend Kevin was like, Hey, you know, your, your breakout is the largest breakout of all the breakouts for the conference. I'm like, really? And uh, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't get it. Why? And then I started realizing that I was like, I think people feel like John Maxwell is going to be there speaking. And so it was a little intimidating getting up and kind of having to say, Hey, I'm not John Maxwell, but I am your friend. And it was great. I mean, we had a good time and the great benefit of it is that you and I got to connect and start our relationship and get to know each other. And so that was a good benefit, I guess, even if the teaching wasn't that great, right? No, the teaching was great. I actually, I still have the notes to this day in my iPhone. And uh, one thing I told you afterwards, is like, Hey, there's something about you. I think I just want to be your friend for some reason. And then secondly, I said that, oh, the next time I speak at a conference, I'll make sure to put someone who uh, has this big following's name in my uh, description of yeah. the session that I'm hosting. Hey, it's, it's strategic, strategic. And it has been cool. And you know, the reality is, has been a blessing just to, us to strike up this friendship and get to know each other a bit and um, continue this, this journey together. Jimmy, can you share a bit of your background and really your journey also to launching your podcast? Yeah, so a little bit about me. Um, I'm a journalist uh, by trade. I went to school for it. I was a news reporter for several years working in New Orleans, North Texas, and here in South Florida. And then I just felt like, you know, God was releasing me from that. And for whatever reason it was. And I had this piece about, you know, transitioning from TV news. I didn't know what it was going to be. I felt like I was just stepping out on fate, walking on water. And so I made the decision to step away from news and odds of my then fiance, now wife, and my parents who were like, why are you doing this? You have an amazing, successful career. Why are you walking away now? 
And so I did that. And so for about two to three months, I was unemployed. And then um, I got an opportunity to be a part of a ministry and serve as an operations director for a large multi-site church. Did that for a couple of years. And now here I am, um, you know, still staying the course. And, you know, the podcasting thing, I got involved with podcasting about two years after leaving TV news. Wanted to podcast for so long. The reason why I didn't, it was because of fear. And I share that in my podcast is because I'm a perfectionist. And, you know, a lot of times I want to perfect things before putting my name on it and putting out there. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. And that was something that I struggled with until I finally decided to launch the podcast. And uh, the podcast has taught me so much. That's good. Well, let's jump into that because the podcast is called Staying the Course. And I'd love to know what inspired you actually to start it and call it that, and what's the focus really of the podcast? So the Santa Cruz podcast is a show where people get to meet some of the most influential thought leaders from around the globe. You hear their stories. And my hope is that you are inspired, uplifted, and motivated to fulfill your purpose, your God-given purpose, and make a difference in this earth. And the reason why I started this podcast from the beginning is because when I transitioned from news, I kind of had sort of an identity crisis, per se, because for so long, people knew me as Jimmy Johnson, the news reporter. And so I began to really, I guess, obsess over this identity that when that title was taken away from me or I let the title go, it wasn't taken away from me. I was like, okay, who is Jimmy Johnson? And so when I began to host this podcast, I began to interview people and I began to pick their brains about their journey, about their life experiences and how they are staying the course. And what I learned from so many different people is that there's just really no roadmap to staying the course, right? It's different for everyone, but I believe we can learn something from everyone. And there was one thing that someone on the podcast shared. His name is uh, John McCann. I mean, he was a teaching pastor out of New Orleans. I've been knowing him for a long time. And so he's a pastor and he's also an entrepreneur. And he said something that I had this aha moment. And it felt like I was like Tom Cruise on the Oprah Winfrey show, like jumping in my chair because it was like, wow, this is what I needed to hear. Where were you all of my life? And so John said this. He said, your faith and your profession don't have to be mutually exclusive they can coexist. That's good. And when he said that, it was just like, ugh, I took this you know, deep breath. And in the moment, he didn't know when he said that, that that was just the confirmation that I needed. It was like, so Jimmy, you didn't have to step away from TV news. Your ministry component and you doing TV news, they can, they can coexist. And I believe there's a lot of people who struggle with that, thinking that they can't have one without the other. But I believe we serve a God who has gifted us with a multiplicity of talents, right? It's just about how we steward those talents. That's so good. And one of the things I I love about Staying the Course podcast is this idea that, you know, nobody's really an overnight success. It really is a decision to stick with it. And recently reading some stuff by a guy named uh, Joshua Medcalf, one of his big principles is that success happens in the dark before it happens in the bright lights. And, you know, that staying the course, even when it's difficult. So I think that encouragement and talking to thought leaders is, is really a need uh, for leaders today and for people in every area and every space of life. So it's really cool. One of my favorite podcasters is a guy named Ryan Hawk. He's at the Learning Leader Podcast. And he often talks about how his podcast really flowed out of his personal desire to grow and learn. So I'm interested in some of the things that you've learned. I mean, you shared one thing there, but are there any other things you're learning about yourself from the conversations and also the process of consistently creating your podcast. Yeah, there's so much, you know, it's, it's awesome to just be able to, you know, have these conversations with people from different walks of life because each person uh, experiences different. And so 
um, I always try to walk away from the podcast with a nugget that I can take away, but also someone else can take away and immediately make it applicable in their lives. In the first season of my podcast, I interviewed a guy by the name of Sean Scott. He was a co-owner of Subculture Coffee here in South Florida, and he's a pastor's kid, right? And so for so long, he had this pressure of, uh, you know, as most pastor kids do, of, you know, is he going to be a pastor? And that's not the desire that he had for his life. He he had the desire to, to, to be an entrepreneur and he opened up a coffee shop and his journey was unorthodox. You know, one thing he said to me that kind of just made me just think about not focusing on that big thing, but just focusing on the small moments in our life. He says, your ego is looking for that big thing, but it's about staying true to every day into every person. It's good. Um, so many times we're looking for this big, you know, big goal or big uh, achievement, but he's like, no, man, just focus on the every day because there's something rewarding in every day. For me, it's, um, that's, I think what's most exciting about this podcast and uh, just podcasting in general, just being able to, to, to have those conversations with people and not knowing what you're going to attain from it and how you can uh, apply it in your life. You know, one of the things that I'm realizing as we're getting into podcasting is there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, but there's only one uh, Jimmy Johnson who has stayed in the course podcast. That's going to have some voices on there that are going to speak to certain people. There's only one lively last podcast that has a James and Lisa's voice that are going to have yeah. um, people on there. There's so much rich content out there and finding that tribe or finding that content is so important. And again, I think for Lisa and I, that's been one of the great things already about this podcast is it's helping us learn some things and you, you made a, a comment there about just finding nuggets and being able to give those other people. And I, you know, I think that's such a great piece too, is being able to take things you learn and then reshare those things uh, on your podcast or in other content is also a great, great way of just developing that learning and solidifying that learning in yourself. So your podcast is not the only place that you are delivering content. You also blog on a regular basis. And recently you started posting a scripture of the day on your Instagram feed. I'm interested in the scripture of the day piece because I, I think that's fairly new to you. What inspired you to start doing that? And how have you created the consistency to air quotes, stay the course with those commitments? Well, I will say in the scripture of the day was kind of birthed out of the fact that, you know, I transitioned from being on staff at a church. And so now I'm not, you know, a part of a ministry per se right now, but that doesn't mean that I should stop being a part of ministry, right? Yeah. Because as we've learned in this season that the church isn't a building, the church is the people. And so um, I just want to continue to be a part of uh, br- spreading the gospel and bringing the good news to people. And if that's to my social media following, um, that's what I'll do. But I also feel like me doing the scripture of the day daily is really a way for me to continually uh, make sure that I'm staying sharp and, and reading the word of God. And so it's just more so, honestly, it was really more about me than sharing it with other people. And if it does help one person, that's great, right? Because it's all about the one. But for me, it's just about creating consistency and patterns in my life to where I'm not allowing myself to go days or weeks without actually cracking open the Bible and really taking something that I can, you know, uh, use um, to just continue to grow in my faith. What's the process for you to do that? Do you plan out, you know, a week in advance or is it what you read that day and you're just like, I'm just going to share this. What's the process for doing that? So the process for me is, you know, 
I'm a person who I love to be outside with nature. And a lot of times that's where I believe the Lord speaks to me most. And um, sometimes it's just, you know, I'm out, I'm riding my bike and I feel like the Lord downloads this particular scripture. Maybe I haven't used it before and I'm reading out of it. And I'm like, okay, how can I use this scripture to share with someone during the scripture of the day? Other times I'm just reading my Bible and I'm like, okay, this scripture I'll use on Wednesday. You know, there's really no strategy right now. I think I should probably create a strategy just for the consistency part of it. Because like this week, for the first time in like almost four weeks, I didn't air a scripture today. That was not a good move on my part because I was like, I like consistency. And so when I don't do something, I feel extremely guilty about it. And, but I also gave myself the grace knowing that I had a lot on my plate that week. And, and so it wasn't like I was like batch batching content, which you should be trying to do when creating content for podcasting or even scriptures of the day. You know, when you're creating content or adding things into your life, sometimes you have to double up what you're doing. And I love the idea of batching content, but um, finding those spaces that maybe would use for rest or relaxation, hanging out and so forth and doubling up what you're doing so that down the road you can actually let off the pedal a little bit because you've already done all the pre-work a lot on the front end. My wife and I talk about this podcast and it's like, you know, I t- even told you beforehand, it's like a beast that has to be cut fed, you know, and having systems and process to do that is really a big deal. One of the things you said earlier was that you're a perfectionist by nature. And I know that one of the things that drives you is this idea of pursuing production, not perfection. So I'm interested in that topic. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I I shared is that I'm naturally a perfectionist, right? I know that when I put something out into the world, my name is on it. Whether it's a news story, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a blog post, whether it's a book, whatever it is, if my name goes on it, I want to make sure that it's the best representation of me. And that is great. And, you know, we should all strive for excellence, but there comes a point where we have to say, okay, this is good enough to move on. And this is a phrase called Gitmo, which I've learned from uh, Pastor Craig Rochelle at Life Church. And the, the phrase is simply good enough to move on. And in fact, he shared that at the Global Leadership uh, Summit last year when I attended the conference, and he talked about the bell curve, right? You know, in, in high school or middle school where your teacher curves a grade so that, you know, we all can get a pretty good grade. And so it's like you can do the middle is that sweet spot, but then you have the the lower end and then the higher end. And so that middle spot is probably about eight hours. The lower end is about four hours. And then the higher end of the spectrum is about 16 hours. Now, the the idea that you'll probably execute more or the podcast or the whatever content you're producing is going to be better 16 hours versus eight hours. It really won't make that much of a difference according to studies. So basically that's what I've been focusing on, not trying to necessarily perfect it, but just do it with excellence and do it to the best of my ability and move on. It has hindered me from being consistent in a lot of areas of my life. And so that's why I just really felt passionate about sharing that topic, which I titled one of my episodes after it. It was a very popular episode for a lot of people. And um, I just I just think let's stop trying to perfect things and let's just produce it. And over time, you'll see that you will get better. Yeah. Because I remember when I first started my podcast, I wanted to have this $400 Rode microphone, no sure microphone. And I was like, if I don't have this microphone, I don't want to start the podcast. But then I ended up starting the podcast and I I was recording in a studio and doing it that way. And then COVID-19 hit 
And I went out and bought a microphone for 120 bucks and I've been doing it ever since. And it's like, do I really need this $400 microphone to do a podcast? No, you can do a podcast on your phone. You can do a podcast with a $50 microphone. Just start because it's not necessarily about the quality. It's about the content that you produce and people care more about the content than quality. If you notice uh, these crazy videos that go viral on the internet, most of the time the content is amazing or, you know, that's debatable. Yeah. The content, you know, is debatable, obviously. Um, but it's not always the best video and people yeah. still watch it. So that, that goes to prove to you that it's not necessarily always about perfecting it. Yeah. That's so good. I, I always love the phrase done is better than perfect. I think it's Seth Godin who talks about just shipping things. You have to come to the point where you just say it's done. I'm going to ship it, put it out into the wild and see what happens. And I think it also goes back to the conversation we had just a couple of minutes ago about consistency. I think when you live in the world of perfection, it keeps you from sometimes being consistent because you delay maybe on a time frame because you're so held up on a minor detail that most people aren't going to hear. There yeah. is this, I think, mindset that sometimes perfection can keep us from really producing what's in us and to release it to the world. So that's really a great concept there. I love that Gitmo piece and I'm going to put that in the show notes for sure. Okay, so one last topic to wrap up our conversation today. Uh, You recently discovered that you're an Enneagram 8, and uh, this is a topic of conversation from time to time on this podcast, seeing that my wife is an Enneagram coach, and seeing that I'm also Enneagram 8, I'm interested to hear about how becoming aware of your type has impacted you and how it's affected your self-leadership. But first, how did you find out that you're an eight. So when I was working for the church that I mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, you know, I had some staff members that said, Hey, you're an Enneagram eight. I had no clue what Enneagram was at that point, but they told me based on my characteristics that I was an eight. I was like, okay, great. I'm an eight, but I'm never going to take the test because I'm just that type of person. That's a typical eight probably response. So then over time, you know, I've talked to you about Enneagram. You said that Lisa is an Enneagram coach. And I was like, okay, uh, let me just go and figure out if I really am an eight or just people are, you know, confusing me with another Enneagram. And so I tested and said I was an eight and I was like, all right, moving forward, I'm an eight. As I said, I'm also an Enneagram eight. And those who don't know a lot about the Enneagram, if you've been listening to our show, you probably have heard Lisa talk about Enneagram a bit. And eights are the challengers. We uh, tend to challenge everything, even if it's <laughs> something that shouldn't be challenged. And there's also a huge sense of justice that motivates Enneagram 8. I am interested that when you found out that you actually were an 8, how has it impacted your self-leadership? Well, one thing that I've realized over the course of, you know, my experience in leadership and and the different roles that I've held is that, you know, I, I can come off as, you know, really strong. Sometimes that's good depending on the situation you're in. Uh, But in a lot of times it can come off as very brash, but if you deal with someone of a different Enneagram and they don't respond well to, they can just like clam up. They could be resistant. They could be someone who pushes you away and, and then you won't be able to effectively communicate with them or effectively lead them. And so I just know as an Enneagram eight that it has challenged me to realize that everyone's personality is different. And so that I have to approach each uh, person that I work with differently. And I have to try to figure out what they are and how can I best serve them um, in my leadership by not necessarily just being what I am, but adapting to other people's uh, personality trait. 
Yeah, I'm sure that Lisa's going to have some things to say about this after the interview. So we'll let her maybe give some commentary on us as Enneagram 8s and how we need to grow <laughs> in our self-awareness. I do know that for me as an Enneagram 8, I, I don't leverage empathy very well and I'm very assertive. I don't know about you, but sometimes I can be accused as being heavy-handed or hard or lacking emotion. and Straightforward. Yeah, straightforward. So uh, definitely some challenges, but definitely some real strengths that come with Enneagram 8. I'm excited to see how, as you lean into that, how it's going to affect your your leadership and your work. Jimmy, if listeners wanted to learn more about you and the services you provide, where would you send them? I'm mainly on Instagram. I share a lot of stuff to other pages through Instagram, but I'm mainly on Instagram. That's Jimmy with an IE S Johnson Jr. And then also you can head over to my website, Jimmy J I M M I E Johnson Jr. Awesome. I'll put all those links in the show notes. And also, I'm going to put a link to the episode where you interviewed me on the Stay in the Corpse podcast, in case listeners want to check that out. Thanks again, Jimmy, for being on the Lively Less podcast. I really appreciate you and look forward to continue to grow in our relationship and learning about each other in the future. Thanks for having me. Stay the course. I think Jimmy's take on production over perfection was so incredible. I really appreciate the concept of Gitmo good enough to move on. That could be a really helpful concept for people who struggle with perfectionism. Any of those Enneagram 1s out there are like me, Enneagram 2 with a wing of 1. Perfectionism is something you have to deal with. So I love that. I find that there's sometimes confusion in the difference between excellence and perfection. I pulled up a few notes I've taken over over the years on the subject and the differences between the two. And Lisa, here are a few thoughts that I found. First of all, excellence is an attitude to give your best all the time, where perfection is a response to the fear of not being good enough. Another thing is excellence flows out of the desire to give, where perfection flows from a fear of something being taken. And then perfectionism is focused on doing the thing right, how things appear, and if others think it's done right. Excellence, on the other hand, is about doing the right thing, is focused on the reason for a task and the results for it to be a success. Ultimately, perfectionism leads to inaction. So focusing on production over perfection is really key to getting things done. So as we wrap up, Lisa, I'm interested in your thoughts around Jimmy being an Enneagram 8. The fact that he has been so intentional with perfectionism says to me that something else may be going on there. Are there any thoughts that you'd want to share around Enneagram? Yes, I find that very interesting. Enneagram 1s tend to be perfectionists. I struggle with this because one is my wing, so it's hard to actually move because if I can't do it right, I'm not going to do it at all, which is the inaction you're talking about. um, He thinks he's an eight, and he very well could be an eight, but the interesting thing about it is we think of eights as being very strong, powerful, dominating characters. Well, ones can be mistyped as eights and eights can be mistyped as ones because they're both in the body triad. They're both instinctive groups of people, meaning they act, they Mm. move toward things. Eights are all about injustice. If they see injustice, they rise up. They can get loud. I've seen this happen to you (laughs) a couple of times. Yes. Ones actually are morally inclined. Like if they see, they think about injustice, they think things should be morally right, should be done right. That's why they're attorneys, judges, and things of the sort, advocates. So there is some confusion with eight and one. I'd really love to do an Enneagram test with Jimmy Johnson because I think he may type out as a one. He could be an eight, but he sounds a little bit like a one to me. 
Yeah, regardless, we all have a little bit of everything in it. So he may be a one with a high eight, or he might be an eight with a lot of one, right? Right. At the end of the day, I wouldn't ever type him. We shouldn't type people because I wouldn't know, but it would be a great dialogue with him. I'd find it very interesting. That's cool. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this week's show. Please remember to download the Anchor app or get the link in the show notes at www.livelylast.com and send us a voice message to leave us your comments or feedback. And please subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast to help others find the show. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Live Lead Last Podcast. Every Friday, we are posting an interview question for the Live Lead Last community to comment on. We'd love to hear how you would answer. We want to encourage you to lead your life and leverage your influence today in a way that leaves a legacy you want for tomorrow. So until next week. Bye-bye.